What's going on, Digital Wildcatters? Welcome to another week of BDE. We've got Chuck putting on for Dr. Pepper. Dr. Yeah. Pepper is sponsoring Fuse, so now Chuck is me, I'm a doctor. <laughs> Chuck is very loyal to anyone that uh, sponsors what we're doing. So Absolutely. You want to get Chuck to our T-shirt? Just uh, sponsor sponsor Fuse. So <laughs> there we go. Remember, uh, remember uh, Animal House, the movie. Niedermeyer dead yeah you're that's gonna, how we have to start off this week you're gonna natty down 27 percent in the last month wti down 15 percent dow jones industrial average down eight nasdaq down nine all the oil and gas indices are down about 15 percent. the world's going to hell everything's wrecked everything's wrecked, everything's wrecked. <laughs> yeah i don't even understand what's going on in the market right now uh i just get on twitter and i see people posting screenshots of wti dropping and um you start to get like the NAM flashbacks. <laughs> like, oh shit, it's 2020 again. <laughs> the well, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, we printed a ton of money, right? I mean, what is the stat? It's something like 75% of all the dollars ever in circulation were printed over the last two years. Yeah. I mean, it's something ridiculous like that. And so, you know, when you go to that kind of party like I did last night, you're going to be hung over like I am right now. I mean, that that's pretty <laughs> it's a great, simple, it's right? a great analogy. I think that's exactly uh, what it is. Naval said this on Twitter, which I thought was pretty interesting uh, tweet. He said, panic led to lockdowns. Lockdowns led to fiscal stimulus. Stimulus led to inflation. Inflation led to monetary tightening. Tightening leads to recession. The panic wasn't free and the bills coming due. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially no, what you just said there a little bit more. No, it's pretty eloquent. I mean, the it's it's really sad that people don't understand if governments deficit spend they can only inflate themselves out of those deficits and guess what inflation is it's a tax on poor people right yeah i mean and what it does the other thing inflation does is it props up assets so if you're long salary and wages you get hosed if you're long assets you make a lot of money yeah um just real quick ronald in the chat said greetings from youngstown ohio we were just in ohio last week in uh columbus had a great time in ohio did i've never been to columbus before and no, now i'm cool. like super bullish on on the city it was a nice uh nice town no columbus was very cool so you know to to summarize basically the economy i mean we're not the federal reserve chairman so who knows but it doesn't look good do you think the feds even know yes. <laughs> what's going on i don't think the feds uh have any better of an idea than what we what we have yeah here. so uh tell me about what's going on with the the uh Nord Stream pipeline over in uh i saw this morning that don't know if it got punctured if the it's Baltic blown sea. up yeah something's happening over there what's what's going on so I saw that too. Uh, it basically looks like a giant has a straw and stuck it into the Baltic Sea and is blowing bubbles up. That's what it looks like right now. <laughs> it's this big, huge thing. So I don't know what's going on with the uh, the Nord Stream. Is this terrorism? Is this the Russians just screwing with people? I don't. I don't know what the story is, but there's something going on because it is bubbling like there's no tomorrow in well, the I Baltic saw Sea. Josh Young. Over on Twitter's running a poll. Let me pull this up real quick. This is an interesting poll. All right. The poll, the question was who done it? Who damaged both the Nord Stream pipelines? And he's got a couple of options. You can either vote for Russia, Ukraine, US. 
Or oil-filled rando. Oil-filled <laughs> <laughs> rando is not an option. Okay. Um, but so 26% just wanted to see the results, so they don't count. But 37% said the United States. 31% said Russia. 6% said Ukraine. And this is 1,500 votes. And, and, you know, I mean, the thing is, is say what we want to about all the geopolitical stuff. If that gas does not get to Germany over this winter, people die. I mean, this yeah. is this is not, you know, well, this I'm is just geo. What I'm really stuff. curious about this poll is why do 37 percent of people, you know, roughly 500 to 600 people on this poll think that the U.S. is the one that did it? Yeah. What would be the incentive for the U.S. to do it? So why would the U.S. do this? Um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a, I blame Trump. It's all Trump's fault. It's I don't Trump's know. Fault. Yeah, We're, no, I, don't, I can't think of, a, of an incentive for why the United States would want to do it. I mean, I guess maybe if you to, totally believe hydrocarbons are the end of the planet, then terrorism might, eco-terrorism might do it. Just to yeah, know, but independence. Look, you know, environmental terrorism is a real thing. I mean, there are blog posts and podcasts about how to destroy infrastructure um, that deals with fossil fuels. But this is different. I mean, this is a big pipeline. I don't think that some amateurs could go about doing this. So, don't. Uh, I would like to. I'd like to know people's rationale for voting United States in this. I mean, if anything, it seems like Russia would be the one that's incentivized to attack uh, that pipeline. Right. But that does bring up kind of a, another thing I want to talk about real quick today. So, Uniper, the big German um, electric company, basically they're the they're the hydrocarbon generating company in Germany. So they've got coal plants, nuclear plants natural gas fired plants um, they had to and they've got a trading operation they've got some natural gas storage they had to get bailed out by the German German government this summer to the tune of 15 billion euros I think we even talked about it on BDE they were also the financier of Nord Stream 2 anyway uh, as of a week ago the German government's moving to nationalize it Really, And so, I mean, two things are kind of crazy here. One, the irony of we're going to get out of fossil fuels. Oh, now we're the largest owner of, of, of false fossil fuel generation in Germany. The, there's no irony there. The other thing I've heard is now that it's being nationalized, you have to go to a government bureaucrat to get approval for this stuff. And so there are German energy professionals now coming over to America looking for jobs, they're getting run out of the country. So, I mean, here Germany is having like literally they're the ground zero of the energy meltdown and they're sending their best and brightest energy people away. Yeah, that's, that's going to make it even crazier. Yeah, there's so many different things that are happening right now that you just look and it's kind of like just batshit crazy when it comes to energy policy, both uh Germany, California. Did you see uh, one before I get in this story? John Mink said environmental terrorist equals environmental nonprofit entity attorneys. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, did you see, uh, I believe it was uh, Representative Rashida Tlaib, um, 
grilling the bankers and Jamie Dimon's right. uh, response to her because essentially what she asked, this isn't verbatim, but um, asked, are you going to stop financing fossil fuel companies and projects? And she's like, I just need a simple yes or a no. Okay. And Jamie Dimon was first. And Jamie's like, absolutely not. That would be the that would be the road to hell for Americans. And I was like, thank you. Thank you for someone getting up and having a spine, um, not just uh, sitting there and being gaslit by politicians. I mean, I don't understand how you can sit here and look at what's going on around the world and not think, hey, we need every available energy source to make sure that people have electricity, that they have a way to heat their home, that they have a way to produce food. Like the uh, the grandstanding um, well, by, always, by some politicians is just kind of sickening, to, to be honest. Well, I've, I've always said for the environmentalist movement, so their side of the table, the greatest thing they ever did was convince the world that solar and wind can heat everything, provide all the energy we need, and it's just the big bad oil companies that won't allow it. Mm -hmm. Now, as I always tell my kids, you want to get rid of oil and gas? Guess what? Just stop using it. Yeah. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. you know, they'll all go out of business if you do it. So. Which, I mean, we talk about this on the show all the time. Um, one, energy sources are very dependent on geographical location. Um, so you're not going to have hydropower out in West Texas, out in the middle of the desert, but you do have a ton of wind and solar and oil and gas. And so it's important to uh, take that into consideration. And really utilize every energy asset that you have. But I just like, really like that Jamie Dimon, like remember when uh, all the uh, big oil major executives were getting grilled in front of Congress and they just sit there and take it. Like they don't, yeah. they don't say anything. They don't fight back. They don't stand up for anything that they believe in. And it's just weak. It's weak leadership. It's just weak positioning. And so to see Jamie Dimon, maybe, maybe Jamie just has enough uh, influence that right. <laughs> he can do whatever he wants, but just being realistic. And I'm like, we're absolutely going to finance these things because Americans need energy. And if we don't, we lose our way of life. And so it's just nice and refreshing to see. That case actually. has not been made by anybody that effectively enough, because at the end of the day, what you just said is hits the nail on the head, right? That energy is life. Yeah. I mean, you know, so, so what else, uh, right, what else so do we have? Happen? So, you know, me, I always like to just say, I told you so. So energy and commerce committee chairman, Frank Pallone, Congressman Pallone has introduced legislation that's going to create an economic petroleum reserve. Basically, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, anytime oil's under 60, it can buy. Anytime it goes above 90, it's going to sell. And they're off, it authorizes the Department of Energy to do that for 350 million barrels, so about half the, the SPR. And then all the profits off that will go to electrification projects. And the reason it's an I told you so is on the Energy Policy Draft podcast I did, Rory Johnson, that was his idea. Oh, that, was it? that actually the strategic petroleum reserve should buy and sell to stabilize the market. He just thought if you could take some volatility out of the commodity price, um, that going forward, people could plan better. They could budget better, lead to cheaper energy costs, all that. Oh, that's and, actually uh, a pretty interesting idea. So is that happening? Uh, no, it's been proposed. Oh, I it's mean, just proposed. It's been oh. proposed. So we'll, we'll see what actually happens. But I mean, 
kind of bugs me that the Energy and Commerce Committee chairman is from New Jersey, but that's that's a whole other story. <laughs> it was funny on the podcast because we were talking about Rory's idea, and I was like, "Well, you know, Skilling's out of jail now; he could run it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do good, do great." But uh, anyway, uh, no, it, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know but, if uh, I don't know how many listeners we have from New Jersey, but I know we have some. So no offense if uh, it was said it, with love. It's said with love. We love and people from New frank- Jersey. Quite frankly, people from New Jersey probably agree with us on that. When it, <laughs> if they're tuning in, uh, if they're tuning into this, the uh, the the one other story that I found interesting this week: Sarah Stodgner, uh, former Republican candidate for railroad commissioner has come out and endorsed luke warford the oh, democrat really? i didn't see that yeah you know luke was at our office and um he gets a lot of flack on twitter you know being democrat and liberal and um you know politics aside he seemed like a pretty pretty cool cat although he did wear round toe boots and so but oh my he gosh, made it, you he just said, damn you just damned him to uh, he said he said he's like i'm a city boy and i was like all right as long as you you, know, you admit it so you have some uh you know, he has, he has, he knows who he is, but anyways, uh, I mean, he came on the podcast. That's why I was here. Cause yeah. he came on my podcast and you know, look, he's bright. He's smart. Um, I think at the end of the day, the railroad commissioner, yes, it's the regulatory body for the oil and gas business. But at the end of the day, you have to enforce the laws by a Republican house and Senate signed by a Republican governor. So, at the end of the day, the Democrat, even if an AOC-like Democrat got into that position, they really couldn't do a lot. The commission is three people. There are two other Republicans. Yeah. So all it really is is a bully pul- pulpit. Yeah. I've never really understood why there's any political affiliation with a regulatory body for oil and gas in the first place and why, um, why we have to talk about abortion <laughs> during the uh, yeah, Republican that's what was so weird it was like you know the infighting between the republican candidates about different positions about building a wall on the border or abortions i'm like the fuck does any of this have to do with regulating oil and gas and so really i don't think anyone's uh political and i made that like said this about sarah said this you know you know when we had uh what's his face on the podcast um asked him about his position on building a wall i'm like how's that relevant yeah um so i don't think anyone's political beliefs are relevant but also i don't think luke is like super i don't think he's super liberal like an aoc like even when he was here i was like busting on uh aoc and just you know talking shit about her ignorance when it came to energy policy and so i think really you should look at who actually wants to do a good job regulating because look i don't think the texas railroad commission has done a good job up to this point and i think that we need some fresh ideas in the railroad commission and ERCOT and um, really look at what we're doing well i'm the resident libertarian here at digital wildcatters if we do not do a good job at the railroad commission regulating oil and gas guess who's going to do it the epa yeah and washington dc is never better yeah that's never the answer to to any uh any i don't know how you're going to claim the uh the title for resident uh in-house libertarian i'm 100 percent confident i'm more libertarian than you but we'll we'll argue about that um some other time so uh cm well i don't even know how to say your name uh (laughs) we're gonna call you cm watts Sam Watts. Sam Watts said agreed railroad 
railroad commission needs help. So I think this is a thing that, um, you know, everyone, everyone agrees on. And of course that, you know, there's, um, overbearing regulation that uh hampers building and you know it's funny we're talking about being libertarian but we're talking about what the <laughs> regulatory commission <laughs> needs to do oh, uh, but yeah but you know you see some of the things that are happening out in west texas and so, like i mean look the abandoned well issue is a big fucking problem and it's a real issue. yeah it's a real issue and when you understand downhole mechanics of um of what's going on there it's kind of scary to think about in the long term so anyways that's like that's why i think that you need some element of regulatory but actually need people to do their job so hopefully yeah. uh hopefully railroad commission can get their shit together and make that happen yeah because i mean at the end of the day when the people that own the land and the minerals to some degree that's your you made that trade as the landowner of, okay, I'm going to mess up my land, but I'm getting money for it. Yeah. Okay. But man, when the minerals get separated from the land, the landowners do get screwed. Yeah. That's yeah. what, yeah. That's what a dynamic. I don't think a lot of people understand is that separation of surface and mineral rights. And it's the surface owner that's really getting right. <laughs> the, the short end of the sticks. So. Right. All right. We, we have uh, a surprise finger of the week all right. this week. Let's uh let's get in finger a week and see who it is. I have no idea. Okay, so last week's <laughs> podcast, I had the Energy 101 gang, you know, cuz Misty, Jules, Sydney, and Julie are doing this podcast, Energy yeah. 101. They'll ask the dumb question. So they came on the podcast and we were, you know, we were chatting. They actually turned the tables on me. It turned into their podcast. Yeah. They were asking me questions. <laughs> Fessed up some very embarrassing things from high school. But anyway, so as I walked in this morning, I'm like, all right, who's finger of the week? It was unanimous for him. I'm like, Adam Levine. Really? You know what's up with him, right? Have you heard Dude, all this? No, I one. I want to be very clear. I do not give a shit about Adam Levine or anything that's happening. I've just seen some memes. You know me. I'm very up to date with meme culture, and so I've seen all the memes with like some screenshots of him. You know, sending some DMs like "Go fuck that body" or something like that. But other than that, have no context. I don't Dude, care. You nailed it. You nailed it. You you have the finger of the week. He, you know, he 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 and his wife have two children and a third one on the way. And he's sliding up into DMs of all sorts of people he shouldn't be. So and about 20 women so far have come out. And it's not just, hey, how you doing? A little bit flirty. It supposedly pushes the limit on I just stuff, don't so. understand how anyone gets like I don't care about anyone else's life that much. Like I don't understand how this is national news <laughs> it sounds like that's something between adam his wife and, and those women like i don't give a shit i we're I, talking about pipelines being blown up people running out of energy and food and like the rest of the world's talking about adam like i don't even know who he is i don't even know what he does that's how like disconnected i am from this story so, maroon five lead singer all right i can't name one Sugar. all right yeah i was gonna say i can't name one maroon five song but i do know that one so yeah. at least i have some calling contact. on the telephone yeah literally had no idea kids. who he was until That's he started getting now. memes so <laughs> all right <laughs> good finger of the week i guess if uh they were the rest very of the adamant. office said that he need to be finger of the week he's finger of the week uh what do we got in news oh 
before we before we wrap this up, uh, Fuse twenty twenty two is happening October twenty sixth, twenty seventh. If you haven't grabbed a ticket, grab it. Price keeps going up. If you miss the five hundred dollar tickets, they've gone up to seven fifty, and they go up to nine ninety nine before the event. So hope to see you guys there. Um, if you are a startup student or if you are in between jobs looking for your next gig, hit me up and I will get you a discounted ticket. We have discounts available. For Can we call groups. that the Chuck Yates ticket? The Chuck Yates the ticket. The Chuck Yates ticket. If you're in between <laughs> gigs, I like it. So appreciate y'all tuning in today. We will be back next week, Tuesday, uh, 1030 a.m. Central Time. Appreciate y'all tuning in.